listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy, Australia's number one weekly podcast made for Aussie truckies by Aussie truckies, here to bring an independent voice to truckies right round Australia. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. And Queensland Rail, committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. Go to www.qr.com.au. G'day and welcome back. It's episode 96 of On The Road and we're joined by Tony Fulton from Tone's Truck and Stories and Truck Whiz. Aussie stars from The Voice, The Singing Sisters, Ella and Sienna drop by to share their new single with us. Mike talks about roadside work diary finds for drivers in something to talk about later in the show. We've got more new music from McAllister Kemp, all the latest from the On The Road newsroom and more. It's all happening, so... Let's get this show on the road! Yes, get over there! G'day, I'm Yogi from Outback Chuckers, and when I'm on the road, we're always on the road doing stuff out on the road, but when we're on the road, we're listening to the big rigs on the road. <laughs> this is Simon Smith here from the Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. Truck and radio is what we do across Australia 24 7. Loads of truck and classics every hour. If you'd like to drop us a line, love to hear from you at some stage. Our email address, bigrigradio at yahoo.com.au. Catch it down the road and take it steady out there. The Australian Big Rig Radio Roadshow.com. got Tony Fulton with me for another shot on the show. Now, Tony obviously is the truck whiz man, Tones, truck and stories off Facebook, friend of mine and now absent from the road, although his truck's still getting about. I saw it there the other day on the internet. The truck's there out and about, spotted somewhere up in Queensland or something. Uh, it's over WA. It's actually pulling a road train at the moment. Was it really? Yeah, yeah. It's still got my number plates on it too. I saw that. Yeah, so, uh, yeah, MT Trucking had my old truck and actually caught up with Mick yesterday. Yeah. Yeah, we had a good old yarn, helped him load, and it's like old times. Mm. But that's the best thing about the industry, that he's got my truck, number plates, who gives it? <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear. Now, look, I got you on for a couple of things. First of all... Oh, no. First of all, I saw a video on the old Facey the other day. Yeah. Where you were talking on Night Shift with old mate Luke Boner. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. About a little bit of a run-in you're having with, well, what was it be, the former RMS, Transport for New South Wales, before they became the NHVR. Well, it actually turns out that I didn't have a run-in or a run-out at all because from what the video footage says, I'm correct. All right. And as you put it, same with Luke Boner and Robert Bell. Mm. Robert Bell backed me up. He's, he's actually my solicitor on this one. That once we got the video footage, I got done for avoiding a waybridge at Maroolan. Can we just clarify what the story is for the listeners? You're coming down the Yume and you've gone in through the check-in station and over the plate. Yep. And you believe you've got the arrow to go back out, so you've gone back out. 
Yep, that's correct. And the RMS's position was that you'd got the arrow to come in and they directed you to come in, so you failed to comply with the direction. Is that the story? No. No, no. To me, it was, I was adamant on what happened. Yep. There was a truck in front of me, B double. I think it was a Rodney's. I'm not so sure. Yep. I went through. I was underweight. I was under height. And generally speaking, actually at that time too, my truck had just gone over the pits and wore hope to get its 12 monthly as well. Yep. So about a month on, there was really no reason to get wheeled in. So I went over the plates and I saw the green and I went, it wasn't normal the way that, that it did happen. But usually you get a little bit more off, but... I was very underweight, and there was a lot of trucks already on the way bridge sitting there waiting to go. Yep. They just went flash green, and I go, well, that's good enough for me, you know, because it starts as divert to way bridge, and you sit there, you sit there, you sit there, and as soon as it goes green, you commit one way or the other. That's right, yep. So I, I knew on that one, and two weeks later, letter came through. I didn't actually know about the letter at the time because I lived in the truck. But one of the office staff at MK Trucking let me know, and, and that's where I, I hit up Robert Bell at Highway Advocates, and I went, I'm challenging this because I'm adamant that I've done the right thing here. If I was in the wrong, you go for it. Mm. You pay it. And we're sort of the point now. It's about nine months down the track, I suppose. And that's also with trying to beat the Hearst by Revenue New South Wales. You know, they send you a text message and go, your license and registration is suspended. Hmm. And then I'll call them up and go, this is still in process. And they go, well, we need proof. And they go, well, why isn't it in the system? Like, I've got the emails here. I'm reading you the emails. And no, no, nothing. And uh, that's been pretty hard, man. That was up to even the other day. So today, being Saturday, was the last day that we were actually given to appeal. And Robert Bell... Highway Advocates actually put in the next bit yesterday. So five days ago, Revenue in New South Wales, they cancelled my licence, suspended and, and that type of stuff. And that was a nasty couple of hours of phone calls. Hmm. I don't want to go into that one too much. No, 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 no. Look, that's fine. I'm starting to wonder whether we should actually be talking about it at all, whether it's because it's still in process. No, what I'm telling you is public knowledge at the moment. Okay. So basically, you've appealed their decision to award the infringement in the first place? Yes. So we appealed it, mm. and the signature at the bottom of the initial you know, infringement, mm. when we appealed, it was the same signature at the bottom of the next appeal line to be knocked back. So. Oh, right. So the person that actually issued the infringement in the first place then reviewed your appeal? person that signed off on it, yes. Yeah. That sounds like fun. And that's where we started to follow through with it too because it said based on the, the video footage mm. and me being a stubborn bugger. <laughs> no, God, seriously? <laughs> no. Yeah, so I, I teamed up with Robert. I went, all right, Robert, can we get this footage? And he goes, I don't know how to or in and say that, I actually took it on myself mm. and I went through about five different levels. I've got all the documentation here of all the people I spoke to and that type of stuff. But it took me about seven hours, you know. So mm. 
that seven hours that Robin said, yeah, go ahead and try, that would have been basically billed at, what, 150, 200 bucks an hour as a solicitor. So I took that on myself. And from what I believe, one of the only people that has actually got the video footage of going through a Waybridge. Mm. And once I got it, it sped up to about six, seven times. As soon as I got it, I sat down and went, oh, it's right out. Here we go. And I went, oh, no. Oh, no. I'm right. I went, hang on, hang on. Slow it down. I went, no, I'm right. It took me 30 seconds to go, no, I'm right. So you've actually got the RMS video they take on their closed-circuit TV of you going through on the plate. Yes. Yeah. Not on the plate. I'm not sure whether the camera actually lies. You can't see me going over the plate, mm. but you can see the arrow saying divert to Waybridge or back to highway, so you can actually make a determine of what truck that is for. So the truck in front of me, that went back to highway. Yep. And on the back of its try, where at that time the truck behind that, which was me, yep. it flashed green back to highway. So, well, that couldn't have been for the truck in front of you because you couldn't have possibly seen it, eh? Well, he's doing quite well. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't Rodney, so he might have had a camera face. No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, well, we'll be interested to hear what happens with that and how it comes out. And I suppose I'd invite you to to let me know how you go. But the interesting part about it is, I suppose, I I had an email from a listener to the show. Oh, no. Who told me that as far as they're concerned with some of these people inside the RMS and various police officers around the country, the process has become the punishment. And it certainly seems like you're illustrating that fact. The process for you is the punishment. Definitely, yeah. No no doubt about it at all. Mm. The punishment, the coercion mm. of Revenue New South Wales sending me text messages going, you're suspended, mm. although another governing body has given me more time. And then you've got to actually try and prove yourself whilst you've got vehicles on the road and driving around. So it's the anxiety and, oh, mate, mm. it has done my head in. And the only reason I'm really following it through, not the only reason, but if I was still driving a truck right now, there is no way I would be doing this. I would not have the time and effort or the money or any of it. It's so hard. Yeah. The amount of documents that I've written down where I've spoken to someone, get their employee number, you know, it's just to keep following through. It's Fines are big. Mm. They are. They are big, yep. But they're not big enough to fight. <laughs> They're big enough so they really do hurt, but it costs you more money to fight. That's the problem. I'm only fighting it for the principle. That's it. Yep. I'm going to lose money out of this. No doubt. Through legal costs and that sort of stuff, I don't even know if I can actually challenge whoever mm. to try and get money back. But I'm already dipping 100 bucks in arrears yep. to fight an $800 fine yep. and, and leave five points too. So it's just the principle. Well... I know that you're a bloke that does stand on principle. You've got runs on the board in that area, so I respect a bit of that. Mate, I'm just going to throw to a break, and we're going to hear from one of our sponsors, and we'll be back because I've got other stuff for you. Is it truck worth? I'll just have to wait till after the break, mate. Ah, right <laughs> There's nothing more devastating for a truck operator than to be involved in a serious road incident. 
We've all seen the impact of heavy vehicle accidents and at these times, when people are most vulnerable, it's critical that they have immediate support from a strong, stable, reliable and experienced organisation. NTI is Australia's number one truck insurer, the specialist you can count on to protect your transport and logistics assets, with the know-how to take control of the situation and the capability to reduce lost income by getting trucks back on the road again as soon as possible. Specialist products, experienced people, accredited repair and recovery networks and industry advocacy is what we do. It's our specialty and we've been doing it for more than 45 years. For more information, visit the website at nti.com.au or go to the NTI Facebook page. All right, we're back. Tony Fulton, truck whiz. How's all that going, mate? Pretty good, mate. Yeah, so over the weekend at the moment, we're starting to open up B-doubles in New South Wales. Yep. A lot of stuff sort of happening right now. We're happy with it. And I think with truck whiz, we're trying to be really transparent and community-based and that type of stuff too. I think we're getting there, mate. What do you reckon? Well, I still use it. I mean, <laughs> ever since I first started using it, my Garmin's been in a box, mate. So what can I say? That's all I can say about it. You drive a single now, Tung. I do, I do. And I'll tell you what, if I never have to tow two trailers again, I won't lose any sleep about it. So it took you four trailers to work out that one's just... Enough. <laughs> and what you do is you get the biggest prime mover you can possibly get your hands on and you stick it in front of that one trailer too, let me tell you. That's the plan. Oh, he drove my old truck. No, I've got a 9-0 again, mate. Oh, there we go, son. So, you know, I've got a 9-0 with a big sleeper on it again, so that'll do me till I retire now, mate. I won't be moving out of this one, I don't think. Yeah, right, eh? We'll see what happens. <laughs> I'll tell you what, it'll want to be pretty special, mate. It's not a new truck, this one, but it's got all the fruit on it. I'm quite happy. Oh, okay. How many lights? Uh, heaps. Heaps of lights. The more lights, the better, mate. Right. <laughs> truck whiz. One of those things, ever since I first saw it, I was fairly impressed with it, and I'm happy that it's going well for you. Well, you've made a lot of improvements to it, even since I first looked at it. You've been a big supporter for us as well. Mm. Right at the moment, we sort of feel like over the next few weeks is... It's going to be a big one. Hmm. I've pretty well just been sitting on the couch and my business partner, Macker, has been doing the same too. And, and we've sort of got programs that we know how the B-double systems are working. So hmm. we think we're pretty close to nailing New South Wales at the moment. I'm pretty happy with it as a truck driver. And the other part of that too is... We've got a lot of users now. We're, we're getting a lot more and we're getting map markers for businesses and that sort of stuff. Last night, we got five truck mechanics yep. that jumped on the app and all because one truck mechanic went, all right, I've got on, cost me a hundred bucks yep. and he got three bits of work out of it. You know? So that's what it's about, I think, is we're not making money out of it yet, but... It's about building a community, and that, that's probably the main thing with it. All right, mate. Well, now to wrap it up, it's great to catch up, and when I'm over your way or you're over my way, you're going to go on a bit of a drive on the Winnebago shortly, aren't you? The Winnebago will be on the road in about two weeks' time, and I'll be heading up towards Newcastle and en route Casino Truck Show. Yeah. Are you going there, Mike? I don't know, mate. It just depends on how much time I get. I've got a lot of stuff on over the next few weeks. 
I've got the NRFA conference this weekend. I've got the Festival of Transport at Alice Springs at the end of August. I'm going to that. And I've got a couple of other little things in between I'm going to. It looks like I'm even going to the Buddy New Zealand Truck Show in Christchurch in November, mate. How do you get invites for that? And I just, nothing. I like to get about. Yeah, oh, bloody oath, mate. I, I love what you do. And we're probably at different ends of the spectrum to do with age. But we get along so well, don't we? And we see eye to eye because we think outside the box. <laughs> you know what cracks me up? You know that stupid video we made that day at Maroolan? Oh, yeah. That still pops up. <laughs> really? Yeah, no, they're obviously Facebook stalkers. They comment on it occasionally or they'll like it or something. It'll pop up in the feed. And I go, yeah, right, Awesome. Unbelievable. So you got a heap of fangirls? No, they're your fans or the puppies' fans. They're not my fans. I don't get the notifications. You do. <laughs> no. <laughs> All right, get off me phone. We've been chatting with Tony Fulton, truck whiz, truck driver, and owner of the puppies, soon to be travelling around in the Winnebago and coming to a place with you. Look out for him at Casino because he'll be there. Yeah, sorry, guys. Yeah. <laughs> See you, mate. All right, cheers. You can me there, Andy. Yeah, mate, got you go. Mate, we're coming up that level crossing we were talking about before. Looks like we're going to be stopping. Roger that. Look at the size of that thing. They tell me they take about two k's to stop. That's like 20 times the length of the MCG. Would want to be playing chicken with that. Yeah, copy that. They can't exactly swerve either, can they? They're stuck to the tracks, mate. <laughs> It's not that hard to wait till it's safe to cross and make sure the road's clear on the other side. Yeah, not like that bloke last week who forgot about the length of his trailer. Yeah, I heard about that one. It's not really funny though when you think about it. Poor old train driver, probably been having nightmares ever since. Yeah, I reckon. We're all in the same boat really, mate. Everyone just wants to get home safe at the end of the day. Yeah, not wrong on that one. There goes the last carriage. Looks like we're safe to head off now. Thanks, Mike. Long way to go. After you, old mate. This is a message from Queensland Rail reminding us that it's important to stay alert and obey any signs and signals when approaching level crossings to help keep you and everyone else safe. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Kermie here from Trucking with Kermie. I listen to On the Road podcasts every week on the Australian Big Rigs Road Show. And when that's done, you might like to pop over to Trucking with Kermie on Facebook for my take on trucking and the people who make the industry what it is. Catch you over there, and in the meantime, take care of you. The names Ella and Sienna might not immediately ring a bell for you, but if, like me, you were tuning into the most recent series of The Voice on TV, you'd know exactly who I'm talking about. They were the 19 and 16-year-old singing sisters whose celebrity judge Rita Ora was determined to have on her voice team. Rita, who has a pretty darn good voice herself, said of the girls, their vocal blend is impeccable. There's no other act like them in the entire competition. Along with having to juggle their university and school commitments respectively, and in addition to their television appearances, they've still managed to find the time to perform live on stage with some of the biggest names of the industry, including Casey Chambers, John Schumann from Redgum, and our great mate Jane Denham, amongst many others, not to mention already capturing an impressive bag of awards they've picked up along the way as well. Their latest single was produced by Aria and Golden Guitar Award-winning producer Matt Fell, and the song features their incredible combination of soaring vocals, impeccable harmonies and brilliant storytelling. 
They've truly got something special, and there's no doubt we're going to be hearing a lot more of them in the future. Here they are, Ella and Sienna. Ella and Sienna, thanks for managing to find some spare time to come and join us on the road. Hi, how are you? Doing good. A little bit chilly in the studio here, but other than that, doing really well. Now, first up, which one of you does all the talking here? Who's the chatty one? Um, usually Ella. <laughs> yeah, probably me. <laughs> oh, okay, fair enough. Now, you're based out of Adelaide Hills, and it's said you've drawn a lot of inspiration from the likes of Missy Higgins, Taylor Swift and Fleetwood Mac. Now, personally, I reckon your harmonies are every bit as good as Stevie Nicks and Christine McVie in the early days, if not better. Wow, thank you. Tell me, Sienna, first, is it true that at the age of three you saw Pink on TV and announced that when you grew up you were going to be a rock star too? Yes, that is true. I saw her on the TV and she is the most incredible performer, does all these stunts as well and sings amazingly. And I just remember thinking, wow, that is so cool. That's definitely what I want to do. That's what you want to do. Yeah. And she's married to a guy that rides a motorbike too, so that's all good. Yep. <laughs> Your time on The Voice must have been incredible for you both. Ella, how much fun was it? And what was Rita like to work with? It was just the most mind-blowing experience. We didn't really know what to expect going into it, but we were just overwhelmed with, you know, obviously it was so professional. All of the backstage crew were so genuine. And when we got to have our mentoring session with Rita, she was so down to earth, like the cameras didn't even bother her. You just really felt very supported and like everybody around you wanted you to really succeed. Yeah. And not a bad band to work with either, hey? Yeah. <laughs> so you're both trying to keep up with school work and uni studies. How do you find the time to get out on the road to do live shows? Oh, goodness. It's very, very tricky. We definitely have to have a good balance, but I think our passion for music really drives that, even though sometimes it can be really long days. I work as well. I teach primary school kids guitar and voice, so wow. it's just all music all the time, but it's really, really important to us, and we love what we do, and we have such a good support system with our parents and our family. So, yeah, we're very lucky, and we make it happen. Yeah, indeed. I should mention, too, you talked about your guitar teaching there. For those that don't know, both girls are very accomplished musicians. Ella plays some very tasteful guitar, and Sienna holding down some really sweet bass lines as well. Not to mention that you've got amazing voices. You guys were seriously at the front of the queue and talent was being handed out. <laughs> Thank you so much. Thank you. Are your folks musical? They'd have to be, surely. <laughs> They're not actually very musical at all. Like, Dad plays a bit of drums. He's self-taught on guitar as well. Right. And that's kind of where Ella started playing guitar. Dad started teaching her first. So I guess they kind of did help in that way, but Mum's not really musical. She yeah. likes to think she can sing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. But she's not the greatest. But Dad was definitely a big inspiration to Ella starting guitar, I would say. Yeah. Right. For sure. So Mum's more a shower singer, huh? Yep. <laughs> yeah. Shower and karaoke. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Mm -hmm. I was having a little look around yesterday and I was looking at some of the music you live streamed out during quarantine online. You picked up quite a following there. We did. Yeah, that was kind of unexpected as well because, you know, obviously when COVID first hit around here in 2020, we lost eight months of gigs. Yeah. And we weren't really sure what to do. So we took to social media and we jumped on a live stream and thought, hey, what would people think if we played a couple of songs on here? Mm. And we got such a great response, a really, really positive response. So we actually called it like a lockdown live stream. 
And we did it like pretty much every week for a lot of months. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, we got a great response. It was actually really fun. And you managed to develop a really good sound there too. A lot of people that live stream during COVID had some great video, but the sound was a bit ordinary. But the sound on your videos that you live streamed was awesome. Yeah, that's all thanks to dad. He's kind of our sound engineer, I guess. He kind of works with us and just learnt it all on the fly and actually turned out very well. And he, he does sound at our gigs as well. So it's definitely a family effort yeah. with our music, definitely. Well, well done, dad. You did a great job. Yeah. <laughs> now, I believe you're up in Brisbane fairly soon at the Echo. Is that right? Yes, in August, we'll be heading up to the Echo. We're super excited. We haven't been back since 2019 because of COVID. Yeah. So we've got quite a few gigs up there. We've got an opening spot for Amy Shepherd, which we're really excited about. That's very cool. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be a good one. So talking about the gigs and things you've got coming up, if people want to know more about you guys and where you're playing and where you're going to be, where can they go online to find out that information? Yeah, you can just find us on most social media platforms, so Instagram, Spotify, Facebook, YouTube, all of that, just at Ella and Sienna or maybe Ella and Sienna Music. And we've also got a website that you can find us on, which is just ellaandsiennamusic.com, I reckon. Yeah, that's it. And we've also got a link tree on our Instagram, in our Instagram bio, where we have links to everything. You'll definitely find us. We're everywhere. <laughs> awesome. Well, that's the place to go. Seriously, go on and have a look online particularly some of the YouTube stuff with the videos they put out during the quarantine, during COVID, the live streaming. It was brilliant. Some really good stuff there. Ella and Sienna, sadly, we're out of time, but thank you so much for sparing us a few minutes to come out and play on the road with us today. No worries. Thank you so much for having us. Thank you. We're going to play your new single for our listeners now. Would you like to introduce it for us, please? Absolutely. So this new single, we're super, super excited for you all to hear it, and it's called Saved. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you.
G'day, I'm Darren. I'm listening to On The Road on the Australian Big Rig Roadshow. For all the latest industry news, go to www.bigrigs.com.au. Good afternoon, Mike. Good afternoon, mate. How are you? Doing all right. Where are you? I'm sitting in the little rest area opposite the shell at Wyalong. Oh, nice. Raining? No, no. It's quite a nice day here today. Oh, good. Uh, on the way up to Bris Vegas for the weekend. Lovely. Mm. Hopefully we'll get a bit of sunshine by then. Well, I hope so. I hope so. Mm. Now, mate, to kick off the news this week, I'd like to play you a little bit of music mm. and see if you can remember it. Here we go. So, ring any bells? <laughs> I have one image very firmly fixed in my brain, my friend, and I'm not sure it's safe for work. <laughs> well, for those that uninitiated, that is the theme music from a very old Australian TV show that was the very first, I believe, on record to have full frontal nudity, amongst other things on it. The show was called Number 96, and Mike, it's episode number 96. Number 96. I wish Abigail was here in her magnificence, mate. Uh, yeah. When I saw Abigail, <laughs> that was when I realised that I was in the girls. <laughs> Made me glad I was a bloke, I can tell you. Oh, dear, oh, dear, oh, dear, the memories. Mind you, we'd probably put out a call for her to see if we can get her on the show and we get Dory Evans instead. Oh, no. <laughs> anyway. Mate, first unofficial item of news, mm. I just heard on ABC Radio that a well-organised gang of thieves broke into the police headquarters in Melbourne last night. Okay. Apparently they stole all the toilets in the building. <laughs> the spokesman said, at this stage, police have nothing to go on. <laughs> Good God. There you go. I can't. <laughs> <laughs> We've reported before about the massive upsurge in truck and equipment auctions over the past year or so. Yep. Well, at the Ritchie Brothers National Unreserved End of Financial Year auction a week ago, a new Australian record was set for an industrial auction with more than $55 million worth of equipment and truck sales being achieved. It's absolutely unbelievable, isn't it? Some of the prices of some of the bits of equipment actually exceeded the price of new mm which I find a little bit confusing. I suppose it's just that people don't want to wait for equipment now. I know it's very hard to buy things. It's more than confusing. It's a little concerning, isn't it? It is a little concerning. They say here in the story that the auction result represents to the industry that there is no signs of a slowdown as yet. I'm not sure that we can take that from it. We're looking at the price of fuel here now. I mean, I just drove around the corner and the IOR at Wyalong has got diesel fuel for like 250 cents a litre. Mm. The price is not going down and unfortunately the rates are not going up. I can't see it being sustainable. We're just into the start of the financial year. Things haven't started to come down yet and haven't started to shake out. We'll be looking at what happens with interest. Yep. I see a 2018 T900 Legend sold for 370000 Good grief. They were worth about four fifty or something new, I think. Mm. But large consignments from Thurwoods and Lind and Big Hill Heavy Haulage, these guys, I think, have got out at the right time. I suppose if you're going to get out and they've got as much cost recovery as they were ever going to get from their gear, mm. you've got to bear in mind this is only one of several auctions that's been held. Yeah, It's not one on its own. There are several others as well, obviously, Mannheims and Greys, etc., their auctions as well. The thing that's interesting to me is that we've had people from other countries 
Canada, New Zealand, the UAE, Vietnam, purchasing equipment. Wow. So you know, they're paying premium prices for second-hand equipment, and then they've got to get it to wherever it's got to go and obviously do all the things that make sure it complies over there. It's a very interesting story. Go to bigrigs.com.au and have a look for yourself. Mm, mate, it might be time to give up our day jobs and open the on-the-road auction house, eh? I reckon. It's the way to make money. Yep. It's been 70 years since Iveco Australia first opened their Dandenong plant in Melbourne, and sadly yesterday they closed the doors on their local full-line production for the last time. They sure did, and it's one of those things, International or Aveco, that they call themselves, have been a part of the fabric of the trucking industry. I mean, a lot of guys out there started with old International S-Line. Mm. Sad to see the end of that production line going out there at Dandenong. They're saying that a lot of their employees have lost their jobs, obviously. There were 14 employers involved in a jobs fair that they had trying to find other things for their employees to do, but I suppose we'll have to wait and see how that shakes out. I'm not sure what happens now with trucking in Australia. I mean, obviously, Kenworth is still building here. There's more to this than meets the eye, obviously. Mm. It's not only the guys at the factory that have lost their jobs, it's people that supply the components that are made in other places. Yeah, It's the people that transport those components backwards and forwards. It was the same when Holden closed its doors. I mean, I had two trucks that I owned working for Holden, carting door cards and windscreens and brake rotors and, and all that sort of thing backwards and forwards between Melbourne and Adelaide. Mm. And when Holden shut their doors, that all stopped. There are a number of people doing that work regularly that suddenly had equipment and no work. And while Aveco is certainly not in the same league that Holden was with respect to building product numbers and things like that, mm. it is one of those things that, you know, it's like the butterfly effect. Yeah, the domino thing, yeah. Yeah, anyway, there you go. Yeah. Sad to see him go. Very much. This is more of a what's on than a news item as such, Mike, but the 2022 North Coast Petroleum Casino Truck Show will be held on Saturday the 6th of August yep. with registrations now open. Yeah, mate, it's a, well, it is a what's on, but it's also a news item because the Casino Truck Show has been one of those things that are just monstrous in the industry. Mm. It was like the Alexander Truck Show that was on the other week. It's one of those things that people make an effort to go to. Mm. Unfortunately, it's been sort of sidelined with COVID the last couple of years. And it's got to... That, 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 Easy for you to say. Yeah, it is. My brain just... <laughs> just blah, 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 blah. A very nice 909 just pulled up right beside me, mate, and I was having a bit of a look at it. Oh, I, I thought you were thinking of Abigail again. No, well, that was that too. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear, oh, dear. There are a heap of categories at the Casino Truck Show. If you want to enter, you can go to the bigrigs.com.au webpage. There are links there for you to click on. There's some pretty good prizes, and we'll be looking at it down the track. Mm. Mike, a group called Aussie's Lead for Farmers Feed will have a convoy of truckies heading to Lismore in just under two weeks' time to help flood-affected small-scale farmers who've been doing it tough since the recent floods. And this is just another example of truckies coming together to help the community. Mm. They make us proud, guys, that do these sort of things get out there and have a crack and take a few things around and give them to the farmers. Yeah. Well, I think these guys being what they call small farmers, I don't think it's got anything to do with their height, but <laughs> apparently they've missed out on a lot of the government help because they're not considered to be big enough. There is a bit of that. Mm. Unfortunately, some of these guys have a little bit of trouble meeting the standards of paperwork and things like that. So it's very nice just to see that there are people that are getting together and doing a few of these things. 
the old mate Yogi Kendall's going to be leading the charge out there. Oh, good on him. Happy to see it, and I'll ask him a few questions about it when I run into him on Saturday at Toowoomba. Yeah. Yeah. I've got a can of emu rolling around in the toolbox of the truck for him, just to make him feel welcome on the East Coast. Shame it's winter. It won't be quite warm enough for him, but anyway. Well, that's right. We do our best, though. <laughs> Set it up by the radiator for a while. That'll do. Yeah. Now, talking about the NRFA, we've been talking lately about the upcoming National Road Freighters Association annual conference being held in Toowoomba on July the 9th. Yeah. And there's a star-studded list of guest speakers and panellists already lined up, <laughs> along with some bloke called Mike Williams who'll be emceeing the event. Never heard of him, have you? Yeah, no. Nah, you bit of a bastard, they tell me. <laughs> Look, I got asked to go up there and referee the brawl. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you got your whistle? I do have a whistle. I've got a whistle and a little tyre donger. Yeah. <laughs> just to walk around and maybe entertain a few of them. All right. But All you need is a shirt with spec savers written on it. Then you'll be a real referee. I do need a, a shirt with spec savers written on it. We'll be up there and we'll be trying to keep them apart. The thing that's the most impressive about this is the lineup of different people from different organisations that are going to be there in the same room. Mm. And we're having a panel session in the afternoon. There's going to be a Q&A. And I'll say this again, I've said it for the hundredth time, I said it on Facebook when everyone was ragging the hell out of it on Facebook. Mm. People saying, we can't get there to ask a question. If you can't get there to ask a question, email the question to me, mm. mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. No reinvention of the wheel, mate. No need to reinvent the wheel. Mike at ontheroadpodcast.com.au or text it to me on 0418722488. I will ask the question. On the MC, I get to ask questions. So if you want your question asked, we'll ask it. I'll get it answered. I'm going to be talking to some of these people on Saturday. Virtually our whole show next week is going to be directed towards answering the questions that have been asked and getting some of these people on a buttonhole all these people. And we're going to do basically taking it to the streets, but it's going to be the panellists who I'm asking the questions of. Mm. The simple fact is... It's very, very hard to get all these people in the one room. It's held on a Saturday, so drivers can attend if they've got the opportunity. We can't hold the thing all over Australia, so it's been chosen to be held in Toowoomba. Mm. Toowoomba is one of those hubs that it's easy enough for a lot of guys to get to. Yep. I've got no problem with where it's being held. I've got no problem with what we're doing. We're going to be there all day. There's a dinner on the Saturday. There's a truckies breakfast at the BP at Charlton on the Sunday, which is sponsored by Tech, I think, the people that do ice pack. Give me a little bit of a voucher to get some money off your breakfast. Mm -hmm. Come along and have a talk. Ask some questions. There's going to be some NHBR guys there, not to hassle anyone, but to answer questions. Yeah. It doesn't get any nicer. And I would like to say that, you know, these half a dozen bullet points that they've got here are in no order of importance. The fuel tax credit is no more important than driver shortages or work diary regulations. It's just that we have to write one thing after another, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So for the idiots that bagged it on Facebook, I hope you don't listen to the show. If you are listening to the show, give yourself an uppercut because it's not the way we work. It's not the way we talk. And anyone who's listened to me knows that I don't shy away from asking the hard questions. Absolutely. We should see if we can get old mate Wes from the Gatton Pads out there, mate. I wouldn't be surprised to see him out there. He's given someone an uppercut during the week, Wes has. Yeah, as he does. <laughs> And he's helped some other fellow out that got stuck there. He's a buddy man, Mountain. Absolutely. I reckon there'd be a lot of people at the conference that'd be quite happy to meet him and shake his hand. I'm sure there would be. If you're listening, Wes, make sure you're there, buddy. <laughs> Michael, shout your dinner and... <laughs> we'll do something, no doubt about that. 
I've got to ask the question in your official role as MC. Mm. Have you chosen a song to sing at this stage? or <laughs> song to sing. I'm just asking just in case Chuck's listening in because Chuck really wants to hear you singing. So. <laughs> There'll be no singing. I think singing's banned. Okay. What it is, you know, people are going to get the opportunity to hear me working without a net <laughs> because I won't have you to clean up. <laughs> working without your editor, yeah. <laughs> working without a net. <laughs> yeah, well. uh, it could be ugly. It really could be ugly. I'm looking forward to hearing it all. I'm sure you are. All right, mate. Well, thought for the week? Please, hit me. Getting fired is nature's way of telling you that you were probably in the wrong job in the first place. Exactly right. Mm. Oh, before you go. Yeah. Well, it's not really. It's not breaking news to you and me, but it'll be breaking news to everyone else. Yeah. Are we going to tell them about our project? Oh, we can. You think it's a good idea? We can. Would you like to tell them? I could, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Completely unprepared, Mike, for this. <laughs> Well, this is what happens. Yeah. Well, look, anyone that follows Mike on Twitter, which is, you know, 99.9% of the population, I think, <laughs> would know that he's mentioned there that everyone knows the book Razorback, The Real Story, Ted Stevens' book, all about Razorback back in the day. We've been asked and have accepted the challenge through On the Road and Riversong Productions to produce an audio book which the early response to has been incredibly exciting. There's a lot of people that are very keen to see it happening. So... It's currently in pre-production. It's well underway. Mike's heard some early recordings and it's coming along well. So yeah. hang about, guys, because the audio book of Razorback The Real Story is on its way and it will be a must listen. Well, mate, I'm more excited about this. I'm like a kid in a lolly shop with this project. Mm. It's more excitement than I've had for quite some time and that's saying something. The responses that I've had, people that are writing about it, particularly messages I've got from Facebook and that sort of thing, very, very, very encouraging. And I just say to anyone out there, we're working on a companion piece as well. So there'll be Razorback, The Real Story, which is Ted Stevens' book, and there'll be a second part, which is stories from other people that were there. Mm. So if you were there, if you know anyone that was there, if you've got any photos or journals or anything like that, please contact me, Mike, at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Give me a call, 0418 and I'd like to include that in the companion piece that we're going to put out, hopefully at the same time as the audio book or very shortly afterwards. Mm. Matt, I just wonder if it's a little bit like Woodstock. Remember they always used to say, if you can remember Woodstock, you weren't really there. <laughs> it's probably true too. <laughs> I wonder if it's the same as Razorback. Probably not. No, I don't think so. It's really quite amazing the amount of people that I've had send me messages and people that were a kid, Ted used to take for a ride in his truck. And, mm. you know, it's really quite incredible given the fact that it's the largest act of insurrection since the Eureka Stockade that people know as little about it as they do. Mm. I think that's one of the reasons why we're keen to do the project, I think, isn't it? To sort of preserve the history and get a bit of it back out there so guys can understand we stand on the shoulders of giants. We really do. We do indeed, absolutely. All right, mate. All right, bud. Thanks for that. No worries. Take care. I'll see, see you in the soup. soup. I will. Okay. In stereo. <laughs> <laughs> On the Road News is brought to you by Big Rigs, Australia's national road transport newspaper. This is Adam Gibson from NTI, and you're listening to On the Road with Mike and Andy. Line number one, you're supposed to have it all together. When they ask how 
how you doing? Just smile and tell them never better. We just wanted to stop by for a moment and say, G'day, how are you? No, I mean, how are you, really? Physical and mental health is a significant issue for the Australian road transport and logistics industries. Risk factors like long hours, workplace isolation, pressure to meet deadline deliveries and the need for continual alertness all contribute to making us vulnerable to physical and mental health issues. As much as it might feel that way sometimes, you are not alone. There are some incredible people and organisations in our industry whose sole focus is on helping you to stay healthy in body, mind and spirit. All these numbers and addresses are listed on our website at ontheroadpodcast.com.au. Take care of yourselves. We really just want to see everyone get home safe and well. Welcome to Something to Talk About. As I said there last week, I get emails all the time with guys giving me ideas for something to talk about and letting me know their views on things. I've got an email here which I thought I would share with you. It's an interesting opinion and it's definitely something to talk about. The big picture presentation is that there should be no roadside work diary fines for drivers who are working for third-party accredited companies. So the explanation for this is that drivers who work for companies with third-party certification, i.e. external independent oversight to an improved certification body, something like the National Heavy Vehicle Accreditation Scheme or TruckSafe, etc., and those accreditations are managed through chain of responsibility elements, should have an effective non-conformance reporting system and therefore could not be issued roadside fines. Any identified issues should then be managed by the company, but police, NHVR, inspectors, etc. would mark the work diaries with their stamp or some such, and all these non-compliances would then need to be recorded by the company an action taken demonstrating that they've managed the issues with a third-party audit. The idea behind this would be to encourage drivers to drive for accredited companies. I suppose that's a good thing. We also encourage more companies to seek to be accredited, hence have better training and systems in place to manage driver fatigue. That would be a good thing. And it would mean hard-working drivers would not risk losing a few days' pay or a week's pay for minor omissions and mistakes. Also a good thing. Obviously, there need to still be some boundaries. There would need to be some penalties for drivers or companies who routinely flaunt the rules. But the simple fact is we've got cameras right across Australia now, all the way to Western Australia, all the way up the East Coast, cameras all over the place. Anyone who thinks that the authorities don't know what the drivers are doing is probably deluding themselves. The fact is it goes through the computers and the number plates are all logged and registered. Things get matched up and sooner or later, if you're going to be making a fool of yourself, you will be caught, you will be found out. It's not that far away. This would bring back into focus the chain of responsibility thing. Now, as I and others have said over and over, the drivers are the low-hanging fruit. They're the ones who manage to get kicked in the bum all the time for even the most minor mistakes. This should be shooted home to the people who are responsible, in my opinion, and it's the opinion of the writer of this email to me. We need to just come to grips with the idea that there are alternate ways to do things. 
Western Australia roadside enforcement for fatigue, with the exception of having a look at your daily driver sheet, etc. And if there are discrepancies, then the regulators tend to go after the companies, as evidenced by the news story we had there a couple of weeks ago, where someone got fined, I think it was eighty odd thousand dollars from memory for non-compliance, and I think it was another nine thousand for documentation issues. The laws actually have some teeth, and they can bite you fairly hard. The problem we've got in the eastern states, with due respect to the NHVR, there is a number of problems that we have with some officers who interpret the rules in a different way to the way they're intended, and there are officers who, I'll say it straight out, there are officers who will write an infringement and say, if you don't like it, fight about it in court. Simply put, the process becomes the punishment. There are some of these officers that know that, and they let that happen. If they can't write the ticket, then the process can happen. There can still be punishment, but it needs to be independently administered, not subject to someone's opinion on the side of the road in the heat of the moment. Anyway, that's something to talk about, something to think about. Thanks to our listener, Nathan, for the email, and we'll catch you on the road. Hey guys. Hi guys, this is Sorry, man. I'll, I'll, I'll do a count, bro, okay? okay. <laughs> this is hard. Okay. One, two, three. Hey guys. Hi guys, this is Michael Kemp. Kemp, and you're and listening to On the, on the road. road with Mike and Mike Andy. And Andy. <laughs> Not long ago, we chatted with Aussie music dynamos McAllister Kemp. Here's another single from their new album. The song's called Paid for Drinking Beer. It's a curse when you're hurting and you're stuck working for the man. It's 40 long hours that led me to this bar stool. As he pours me another, I say, hey, brother, I got me the perfect plan. If I got paid for drinking beer, all my problems would disappear. Cause my bank account would be as full as that next class. Be making money, I wouldn't complain Cause the more I drink, the more I'd make From the open sign till closing time I'd be employee of the year I'd have it made if I got paid for drinking beer Guess I'd wake up around nine o'clock Start knocking them back round ten knocking them back round Hell, if I know me, I'm gonna overachieve Over and over if I got paid for drinking beer, all my problems would disappear. Cause my bank account would be as full as that next glass. Be making money, I wouldn't complain. Cause the more I drink, the more I think. From the open sign to closing time, I'd be employee of the year. I'd have it made if I got paid for drinking beer. Well, that's the show for another week. Thanks for coming along for the ride. On the Road is proudly brought to you by NTI, Australia's leading transport and logistics insurer. Visit the website at nti.com.au. 
and Queensland Rail committed to improving safety through engineering, innovation and education. For more information, go to www.qr.com.au. Be sure to join us again next week when Mike says, Be careful, mate, I can use it all in evidence. Andy says, Hang on, I could have said that better. And our guest says, We don't talk about what we were just talking about. Until then, play nice with each other and most of all, stay safe out there. Bye for now. The team here at On The Road believe in the right to free speech, and whilst we might not always be in agreement with the views of our guests and contributors, we support their right to hold and express those opinions. If I got that job, I'd never need another I'd have a pile of deadlines and a mile of quotas to make Cause I'm a thirsty man, I tell you I got it covered won't need a lunch break, never take a holiday Going early and stay back late If I got paid for drinking beer All my problems would disappear Cause my bank account would be as full as that next glass Be making money, I wouldn't complain Cause the more I drink, the more I'd make From the open sign to closing time I'd be employee of the year if I got paid for drinking beer, I'd have it made. If I got paid for drinking.